Greetings, fellow Queenies. Why don't you stroll down to your local corner store and buy yourself an ice cream? It's hot, you work hard, and Jesus Murphy, you deserve it. And on your way back, plug in your earbuds. We're talking Queen. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. I'm on the road and Kevin's a chode. And let's just bang on about a random song from one of the most diverse bands in rock and roll history. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. I'm not giving you a kiss. Fucking third base coach. Yeah. Just fucking watch and know when to run. <laughs> like seriously though, like what the fuck? Yeah. Because they, they have those in, in Major League Baseball as a third base coach. If I'm yeah. paying you $25 million in a season, I expect you at a minimum to know when to run. <laughs> like holy Jesus. Well, I think Kev, they do know when to run. They're just only going when they're told to run because uh they're team players, Kev. North American sport and the over overcoaching of North American sport. I don't it's just because that's why I prefer hockey out of out of all the sport. Well, well basketball too, because football, the coach really has a big influence and a big impact on games. Mm-hmm. Same with ball with all this kind of stuff, right? But in hockey, you just got to fucking get on with it. Coach has minimal impact in hockey. Well, I, I I don't know that I would agree with that, but but maybe during the game he doesn't have. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. Just yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, you know, at, at least as much as a soccer coach would have, which is um, minimal. When the kids are on the field, I don't kick a ball. It's nothing to do with me. Right, I mean, I can set the team up. I can, I can, I can, I could yell at them, but I still, even if I yell at them and tell them to do things, it doesn't mean they're going to do it. Yeah, right. Do you find, so, do you find Kevin when you're coaching, you'll yell at the children, you'll say, "Hey, little Sally, why do you suck so fucking bad at soccer?" <laughs> you ever do that? Oh, that's the that's the the mildest of the the, oh. tor- the tor- torrents of abuse that I hurl at these young people. So, you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, when we're in the truck recording baseball people, we say things like that. We'll say, boy, it sure must suck to suck. <laughs> you know? You, or, can't, uh, you can't even suck properly. Yeah. yeah. Or or how come you are such a shitty baseball player and we all have to sit here and watch it? <laughs> things like that, we say. You love baseball, Randy. You and you, you, know what else, you know what else we'll say, too, is, I hope you're not enjoying yourself because you're a fucking terrible baseball player. <laughs> Well, where are you right now, Mr. Woods? <clears throat> Excuse me, I am in a place um, called... And by the way, we have started the podcast, just so you know. I'm, I'm editing in roughly just a little, about, about a minute and a half ago. So, uh, I'm in a town called Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Uh, and actually, my hotel window opens out to the ass of the Moose Jaw, the moose <laughs> in Moose Jaw. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, everybody who's listening, it is as glamorous as you think it is. I, I just sent a, a Kev a picture of the ball diamond, and it's uh, <laughs> it's really something. I mean, Moose Jaw isn't a bad town, though. It's actually quite amenable. Like it's like it's pleasant. It's not a completely unpleasant town. It's not a shithole, I guess, is what I'm saying. As little towns go in Saskatchewan, it's 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 one of the one of the good ones. Yeah, and it has uh, a spa. It has a spa there, Randy. I I was aware of that, Kev. Yes, I have been to said spa. Uh, and I got in their salty water, and yeah, it was fun. You know, we should, we should clarify for people that the salt, the water was salty before Randy got in. 
Well, it was even saltier after <laughs> afterwards. Oh, and I should I should mention too that we're in a little bit of a heat wave here. In oh my holy Christ, where we're Sally. from. And so it was today here in uh in Moose Jaw, it was uh 33 degrees Celsius for my American friends. I don't know, it's just fucking hot. And uh with the with the humidity, uh, it said it felt like 38. And I'll tell you, it felt like all of those 38 degrees while I was carrying heavy equipment up and down bleachers. Yeah, man, it, it's just, it's gross out there. I, anything above 24, 25, we've talked about this before, but neither Randy or I are sun gods. You know, the Cardinal does not like the sun and neither does neither does his acolyte. So it did remind me, that I was thinking about hotter than the sun. Have I ever played for you the Alan Partridge bit? The temperature inside this apple turnover <laughs> is 1,000 degrees. If I squeeze it, a jet of molten Bramley apple <laughs> is going to squirt out. Could go your way, could go mine. <laughs> Either way, one of us is going down. Alan, I've just come to make peace. What, you're not going to kick my head in? <laughs> no, I'm not. I just think we should shake hands, you know? Huh? You're not got one of those... Electric uh... buzzer? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> you're all right, you. It's hotter than the sun. Eight minutes. It's hotter than the sun. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go now. No hard feelings, all right? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, how long did you put this in for, Len? Eight, eight minutes. Eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Lord. Well, that's what it felt like on the ball diamond today. Yeah. Hotter than the fucking sun. So uh, do you think we should read some tweets or, or what's going on here this week? Be, that, that would be a fantastic idea. I will just kind of throw up though, Randy. I, I did a second poll this week and this was, this was really? for science. We did this poll and, for science. And you did not consult me, your co-host? I, I, I didn't consult you because I just thought, well, you know, Randy will say yes. I know mm. we're a simpatico on these things. So, you know, Great. Um, and because um, Ian Winnick, our tweet of the week last week, mm-hmm. uh, I brought up the, you know, the nuanced and very sort of, delicate subject of genital warts in, in a slightly humorous way so i was kind of wondering what people thought the the best genital wart was you know of course you've got hp6 and H, hpv6 and hpv11 everyone knows those those are, the, those are the classics that's your bohemian rhapsody and your another one bites the dust but you know what hpv31 doesn't get a look in very often i thought that i'd throw that one in there mm-hmm. and then you know give the people the option to uh to to give another another option so I was thrilled when HPV 31 came out as the winner of that poll, Randy. 50%. So there you go. Wow. Really? That's, that's genital wart of the people. That's well, you know, hey, you got you got C, which is the people's key, and you got HPV 31, which is the people's genital wart. <laughs> wow. No, we're really we we're really classing up this fucking podcast <laughs> here, aren't we? <laughs> Not as bad as Justin Fothering them though. Like a we, I was just having a bit of fun, and he says, "Love fucking gnawing on them like a carrot." Oh, I mean, that's just horrible, Justin. Horrible. Oh. Really, you know, in a way, in a way, Justin took just a nice, casual little genital wart joke, and just took it too far. He's fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. <clears throat> so last week, we tried to guess again what the poll would be. Mm. Um, you said seventy thirty, okay. And I was I was very specific. I said seventy six twenty four. Right. Wow. So how did how did the poll turn out, Randy? For uh, breakthrough, if you're well, right. it it looks like for breakthrough, Kevin, we've got eighty nine point eight 
5% a champion and 10.2 uh, biting the dust. So that's a damn near clean sweep. Yeah, it's one of the be- one of the highest we've had so far, I think, if I remember rightly. So mm-hmm. 108 votes this week, Randy. The people have spoken. I think this is that's, conclusive. That's that's great. I I mean, I think, you know, look no further. Science has been scienced. Um, <laughs> you know, the people it was, have it was, spoken. Yeah, it was exactly. also 18, it was 18 to zero on Facebook. So again, the good people of Facebook have come through for, you know, an absolute clean sweep. So yeah, well, let's read some tweets then. Uh, Pank says, your categories are too polarized for this one. I mean, it's good fun. And the one on the miracle outtakes is definitely champion. Don't know, really. Actually, I've decided. <laughs> but he doesn't tell us what he's decided. But, I was just going to say, so what, have you, what did you decide? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, Leighton Brown, this champion could be championer if they'd left the live drums and bass on there. Rog said at the time, it's a classic pop song played by a rock band and a million times better than Jason Donovan or anything else that's about at the moment or some such. Hard agree. Our pal Ian Ling says, uh, I think it's trite, but the video is a corker. Yeah, I agree. I think the video is really, really kind of almost makes the tune a little. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I I, I genuinely like the tune, but I, yeah. I think the video is really a, well, I think I mentioned it in my, in my outro, like, you know, are you scared of trains? <laughs> well not anymore get on the back of this one we're gonna jump on it and, you know <laughs> yeah. rob mara says champion as i said in my at lap pods blog piece which i should send to you randy breakthrough should have been on innuendo and headlong on the miracle and then the universe would make more sense in fact headlong performed on the train would make more sense 80s queen is all round confusing and so <laughs> yeah. uh justin fotheringham who just made just the nastiest, crudest <laughs> comment? I just, you know, as a cardinal, you know, I'm not sure. And he'll love the song. Such a happy song with very unpleasant news about Fred at that time. Uh, they did let Dave run away with the synths on this song, though. Uh, the real drums and bass is a great version as well. Another banger this week, guys. Go fuck yourselves. And, you know, <laughs> Justin, thank you so much. Uh, go fuck yourself as well. <laughs> And it's like I said, we talked about that. I think that's one of the first things I mentioned to you that you get something different in this song. You get organ. Yeah. So it's not quite synthy that Dave Richards is playing. Dave Richards? I think it's Dave Richards. It's playing. It's, it's, it's the organ. It's, it's, I think it sounds pretty cool. Uh, Stu Charlesworth says, I've always loved it. I'm a miracle defender, but even though you're not a fan of the album, you've got to love this one, right? Always love the beginning and the exuberance of Freddie's vocal throughout. Yeah. Good call, Stu. Bracey says, a champ of one of the better mediocre songs from an uninspired period. Its appeal is its propelling beat. For me, Freddie's best vocal of the period is, I don't want my freedom. Uh, There's no reason for living with a broken heart. His ability to transition seems effortless. Bracey. And so that's a different song that he's referencing there. Um, Yeah, 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 of course. That's a hard Uh, Ben Wheeler says, could be a champion for Freddie's vocals in the last chorus alone. Great song, wonderful harmonies throughout, and the production suits it. Still sounds fresh to me. Does not suffer for the synth, drums, bass, and the real versions of those instruments are blended beautifully. Yeah, uh, Paul Moody sort of uh, goes along with that too. Yeah, Champion, uh, great wee pop song. Synthetic instruments can't even dampen its spirit. And yeah, you know, so, sometimes I, I got no problem with 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 some synthetic instruments. And, and I think in this case, it's actually used uh, used in a way that I, you know, I don't mind anyhow. Well, because you do get that blending, because you you know before they go into the solo, you you'd picked up immediately. So that bass line that Deke is playing, 
is yeah. wicked cool. Yeah. And it's and you don't get that on a synth bass. You can't get that sort of that intonation yeah. on the strings, right? You're just not going to be able to get that. So yeah, having, no. having that blend is it I think it does work. I mean, I still would have preferred the bass and this and the real drums. Probably, but yeah. As Paul said, it doesn't really knock it down badly. So, you know. Yeah. And as I'm sure we just discussed ad nauseum, uh, you know, that's just the that's just fucking the way they were doing things then. That's the era, so man. It, that's the mid-80s. Mid yeah, so it's hard to fault them too much because that's just that was the thing, man. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Sparkles, at Curtis Sparkles, I should say, Jim C. Says, I really hated this when it first came out. You know me and Late Period Queen, which you don't, Randy, but um, Jim really doesn't like Late Period Queen. He says, but I have come to love the driving beat on this. It's a real head bopper. Late Period Queen still mostly sucks groin, but this is a fucking groove. I mean, sucking groin. That's yeah. quite graphic, Oof. isn't it? That is quite graphic. I don't You're know that like, I would. I, I'm not sure that I'd be interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> Certain parts of the groin, but not the whole groin. Yeah. That's going to be. It's going to leave you feeling. Yeah. Yeah, you know? Jim, I feel kind of cheap now. <laughs> At midwife Nikki, so who we found out is a midwife, um, says this has always been one of my favorites. Memories of a sunny summer when everything was simple. Then the real drums and bass version arrived, and it lifted it even further in my estimation. Definitely a champion and in my top 10 ever. Ooh, top 10. Top 10. That's a bold statement. It is a big catalog, man. That's, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if I'd go top 10. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure either. And uh, I don't know the catalog as well as, as others. Uh, Alice's dad, Blue Tick, Barry, John, <laughs> Williams. Willie. It's Williams, is it? Okay. Williams, hey, yeah. Barry, John Williams. Uh, we'll just call you Barry. Hey, is that cool, Barry? No, uh, no, no. No, no, be... no, no, no. He's Welsh. It's Barry, John. Oh, okay. Like it's, it's a, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not about, Barry, it's Barry John, yeah. How about BJ? You, you could do BJ. BJ? I, think, I think it'd be fine with that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, BJ says, has to be a champion, as it's one of my favorite songs on The Miracle. Uh, a lot of fun with a great video. What's not to like? Well, I think people are pointing at what's not to like. But yeah. <laughs> but no, hey, you know, I was with you. I was with you, uh, uh, BJ, Barry John, Barry, buh. <laughs> It's, it's a Welsh thing, buddy. You got you got to get on board with the Welsh names. Well, like, I don't, I'm, not, you know. I, I'm I'm from I'm from Canada. I don't know these things. Okay, Dieter at my Chameleon Days, champion. One of the few really good tracks on the Miracle album. It's a very energetic pop song with yet another amazing performance from Freddie. And I was talking about this. I can't remember where, but there's a weird thing where I think it was on another thread to do with this song. But there's a weird thing. I don't know if you if you've come across this too, Randy, where rock bands or the fans of rock bands mainly don't like that pop tag because rock's supposed to be shit more serious than pop. But it's actually it's a lot fucking harder to write a really good pop song than it is to write a sort of you know a grungy kind of serious self important dirge like writing a pop song that a lot of people will listen to and like across genres. That takes a bit more skill sometimes. It's challenging, and I think maybe that's uh, speaking to the age of, of of the band when they came out. And there was a there was it seemed that there was a real rock against pop sort of yeah you know sort of thing going on. And, and when you actually when you really think about it, it's it's pretty ridiculous because a, a rock song can be a pop song just as easily as a a synth out yeah, song but... can be a pop song, right? You know, I mean, I'd argue, I would argue that Enter Sandman is no, of course. Pop. It's well, of course it is. That's yeah, all it means. Exactly. It's popular, right? So it's a pop song. So yeah, I think I've just lost all the Metallica fans. So yeah, well, there you go. Uh, Ian Winnick, uh, love this sunny, uplifting track. 
Like Kev, The Miracle was the first album I bought with my own money as a card-carrying Queen fan. I still love it, although its faults are more obvious today. Still beats Hot Space and A Kind of Magic hands down, though. Uh, and this track is a champion. Hey, man, we're all on the same page here. Uh, PJ at New Mercury says, champion. The 12-inch extended version is even better. Yeah, well, hey, that's cool. We didn't listen to that. We didn't listen to that, and I haven't listened to that for a while. I definitely had it when I was younger. I definitely had the single. Um, right. And pretty sure I had it on vinyl. So Jace from Queen Rocks, who we are still working with diligently um, to get on the podcast, says, uh, one of the stronger tracks on the Patchy Miracle album. I've always preferred the 12-inch extended version, so again, we're getting another uh, link to that. Its arrangement deconstructs the song nicely in parts, despite some very rough edits. A champion, my friends. And our Dutch pal, Ben, says, this was the second single from The Miracle. In the video, Freddie looked more fit than during the I Want It All video, and at the time, I thought that Queen was preparing for a new tour. How wrong could I have been? Without real drums, and even with the synth, it's an outright champion for me. Uh, Alex Small, champion, but Christ, that intro grates <laughs> when the dawn light wakes up. <laughs> Sounds like the band is getting strangled vocally, but it feels like, <laughs> but it's a feel-great anthem for the summer of 89, and it makes me smile. Uh, very, very cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't find the intro that grating, but I, no. like, the, I like your wording there. Anyhow, uh, hey, Ruddy Rutherford, uh, Fit Light photography i've always had a soft spot for this song i love the bass but was disappointed to find out it was a synth uh it loses points for that alone but still remains a champion of a pop tune uh yeah absolutely and uh, yeah by the way thanks for the kind words about my photography well hey man well deserved paul bradbury champ and he's got a great little uh, gift there of uh, freddie champion it'd be better if they'd left in the real drums but it's still a belter a really fun pop song that high note at the end might be punched in but it's still my favorite moment in the song. Yeah, well, you know what? Whether it's punched or not, it doesn't take away from its greatness. Uh, studio trickery is 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 the business. It was then, it is now. Yeah. Uh, and there's absolutely no shame in in punching in a vocal to make sure it's in tune. So uh, whether it is or isn't does not make it any less great, in my opinion. Absolutely. And a, a belter. That's a term we don't use in Canada, Randy, but a term I definitely grew up with. Well, it's, but yeah. It, a belter, a cracker, a corker. Yeah, but I mean, it all you know, translates. You, you can say yeah. that anywhere in Canada. We would know what you're talking about. You'd get contacts, right, for sure. Oh, yeah. Although in military parlance, um, a belter can also be someone who's a bit of a twat. Oh, right. Who's not really pulling their weight and is really getting on everyone's nerves when you call them a belter. So, you know. Hey, what about, so, in, you know, here, and I have no idea if it's true, but and this is maybe an old person saying, but you'd say, you, uh, hey, I'm going to go out and have a belt. Does that mean anything to you? Is it a cigarette? No, a drink. Oh, give me a good, give me a good belt. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe it's a Saskatchewan thing. I have no idea. I think it might be. I've never heard that one. There we go. We're again. If you're not laughing, you're learning on this podcast, folks. The, oh, know. well, Jesus, just such a wealth of knowledge, and it just oozes <laughs> out of us. It's it's almost a little overwhelming. It's been oozing out of me all day, and it's all over the floor now. <laughs> fucking well, clean me, up at this, right? Me too, and I desperately need a shower. <laughs> <laughs> So, you're, so what we're talking here, your cock and balls are like um, hot dogs in brine. Is that what's going on down there? It's, you know what, there's 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 a whole lot of swamp activity happening in my <laughs> nether regions. <laughs> just ring it out, mate. Just ring it out. Uh, Paul, Paul Wallbyoff says, champion, it's such a shame Freddie couldn't get When Love Breaks Up into a full-blown song of its own. Just seems the lyrics wouldn't come. Used well, though, to segue into Breakthrough. 
Yeah, because when we listened to that, you know, you, you'd remarked on that too, that that definitely could have been a whole song, right? It could have been a song on its own because it's got that uh, that different sort of modality to it where you go into that minor key and you've got the big vocal. So, yeah, super cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Richard Hearn, champion. Uh, same as for Kevin, this one for me has sentimental value. It was on repeat on a friend's MTV the summer I left school and captures such an optimistic summary feel. Roger wrote the best Queen tunes of the 80s. And also love the recently released session versions, uh, which I have not heard. So, uh, well, we listened to a bit of it on the we listened to a bit of it on the pod. So that was the like the oh. collected edition miracle thing. So, yeah, and I mean, right. okay. See, I sorry, I just didn't get the reference there, but it got you. Right. Yeah, but I mean, this comes up to that Roger wrote the best Queen tunes of the eighties. Roger wrote the best singles of the eighties. I don't know the way necess- whether he necessarily wrote all the best tunes. He did do Innuendo. He did do Radio Gaga. You know, he did this one. He did do it. He did write a few great tunes, but I, he wasn't sort of digging into the, you know, wasn't digging into the bones of Queen. <laughs> uh, Stephen Ursel, yeah, quoting uh, quoting the uh, the the wonderful Mr. Kevin Brown. If you I don't hear- like this song. You have no soul, which, you know, listening, thinking back now, it's a bit extreme, Kev. Uh, 100% correct, Kevin. Well, you are the cardinal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No need to dial back. Beautiful intro, kicking bass line. The key change with Freddie's vocal absolutely soars. Heartfelt lyrics on the classic theme of hopeful but unrequited, infatuated love. Glorious. Wow. Uh, very, uh, very, very verbose of you, Stephen. Love it. Nice work. You know, we don't usually we go for the pithy and the witty on the tweet of the week, but you know, and and, and it's fawning, fawning mm-hmm. will work every now and again. So you know, I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm putting that yeah. one into the into the bucket just to see. Yeah, well, see, Kevin, I'll tell you guys this, people. Kevin does easily succumb to flattery, so <laughs> so just pour it on. Flattery will get you literally everywhere. Rob Patton says, despite the lack of bass, I have a soft spot for this track. It's so infectiously catchy with a great Brian solo and a fantastic vocal performance from Freddie to Champion from me. And Darren Hellowell says, Champion, a great pop song, one of my favorite Queen songs. Yeah, it's a pop song, man. Write a fucking good pop song. Paul Rowley. Rowley, Is is Paul a new uh, commenter? I think he might be, Randy. I think he might be. A tough one. Loved it at the time before I knew much of the back catalogue. On reflection, compared to some of the shit released in the late 80s, this is still <laughs> on the top end. So a champion for me. Yeah, hey, Paul, I think your first time commenters. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for commenting. Uh, Andy Taylor, and I like in his, uh, in his uh, uh, description on Facebook or on Twitter, he says, not that Andy Taylor. <laughs> uh, you know, so he, anyhow, he says... Definitely a champion track slash video, especially when compared to the rest of the Miracle album. Uh, seems to be the the sentiment going around these days. Who, who is that Andy Taylor, Randy? Who's he talking about, Randy? Duran Duran. Duran Duran? Duran Duran. Yeah. I don't mind a bit of Duran Duran now and again. I've they wrote some that. pretty good pop songs. I think we used to play a Duran Duran song. Um, Hungry Like the Wolf. Oh, really? I think that's them yeah that's that is them yeah that is far. them absolutely yeah. just going back too damn far <laughs> prime jive funster says champion the perfect vehicle for a wonderful and energetic performance from freddie i will always have a soft spot for the miracle lp being the first one i purchased on release this one always makes me smile uh steve at queen rocks uh my biggest pet peeve is their use of the synths and fake drums i can still enjoy the music but it's disappointing breakthrough is an example of them doing it right though I prefer the chugga chugga of the synth bass and the drums to the demo in the box set. 
uh, which is still crazy good. And yeah, I, and, I, and I, I'll agree with Steve on that too, because I do, right. I really have less of a problem with that with that synth baseline at the start, because it really does give you a good chugga chugga. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when I listened uh, again on headphones, it's got, you know, that chugga chugga does have some some good low end to it. So it, it is, you know, pretty nice and meaty until, until Deaky comes in and it starts laying it down. So is that is that a highly technical musical term, Randy? The chugga chugga, is that a pentatonic yeah. thing? Well, yeah. Well, see, it's only the kind of thing that's uh, qualified musicians like ah, me you would okay. really get. So you just mind your business, all right? Well, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a very chugga. very technical term. Yes, it's funny though because we all know what he means. Um, exactly. Abby, <laughs> Abby says, uh, "Why?" I think that's how I'm pronouncing that. I'm pronouncing that right. Did they get rid of the sordid life affair bit? So that's one of the lyrics that didn't make it into the final song, which again is kind of cool. Like lots of times when demos are released, they tend just to be low quality and they've not quite got the arrangement with it or whatever it is. But but with this, you know, the, with the Miracle Sessions, you could see the songs really incomplete because they hadn't even got the lyrics sorted out. Um, and, you know, I think the sordid life affair bit takes away a little bit from the upbeatness of the song, I thought. So I, I can see why it came out. David A. Wilson, again, not that David Wilson, says a bloody boisterous belter. And hey, applause for the alliteration there, sir, with the hookiest of hooks, champion. Doug C. Bus says Queen's best 80s pop track. Might have been a hit in the States if Queen wasn't written off by then. I wish it was the Miracle's opening number and that the Miracle was instead titled Breakthrough and that that album combined only the, at most, 10 good tracks from 89 to 91. So that's that same idea that... If you smush together the Miracle and Innuendo, you're going to get a, a pretty great album. So, Matt Greenham, oh, I love that one. So I think he means. Uh, I think he means he's you know he's uh, in favor of it. Well, he's quoting uh, it though, so maybe that's a reference to. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, going to say either right. Seinfeld, The Simpsons, or The Office, because those are the three big three, right? If you're going to quote, <laughs> that could be. Uh, Dominic Pierce says, "I was 13 years old when I bought the Miracle on release day, and I've always had a soft spot." for the tracks on it. 34 years later, I still love the music to break through, uh, but I'm not so keen on the lyrics. Still a champion. I've never understood why they spelt breakthrough wrong, though. Is Finally. That... Fucking yeah, someone well, who agrees with me. Well, it's just, uh, yeah. I don't know. I got a problem with the, the shortened it's pants. You're not it's, Prince. It's lazy. It's crap. I'm lazy. Brian Crozier says, terrible. The raw version on the box set is better as it's more organic. But that's not saying much. In the grand scheme of Queen, this is woeful stuff. Well, man, that's there you go. We haven't had many sort of opposing opinions on this, and, and we I just couldn't agree disagree more. But Brian, you are entitled to um, uh, your opinion, and you can keep listening to the podcast. Really, I guess that's. But, but you know what, though, you can't fault Brian because some songs just don't hit. Just don't hit people, right? It it could be a song that. Uh everybody loves and it just yeah. doesn't work for you i've got lots of songs that are massive wildly famous hits and i just like couldn't be fucking arsed american pie <laughs> uh, leslie says yeah champion would love to have heard it live after kev's lily of the valley comment about when uh, love breaks up stuck my sessions cd on totally agree but can also hear tones of the barcelona album with mc who the fuck's that Montserrat Caballé. Okay, I don't know who that is. With MC doing her noodling over top. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know who that is, Kev. So, do you do you know the song Barcelona by Freddie? Uh, I, I, I can't say. So, basically, 
they wanted Freddie Mercury to write the theme song for the Olympics, um, which he did. And of course, then he wouldn't never get the chance to perform it because he he died before that. But he wrote this song with a very famous opera singer, mm. Montserrat Caballé. But they did a whole album mm. because she was so impressed with how just genuinely good a singer he was that you know because this rock pop singer comes in and this opera singer this trained singer is expecting to just like this going to be okay well i'm getting paid so great we'll just get through it but she fell in love with his voice and really enjoyed working with him so this this album that comes out of it is a you know i hate the word fusion when it comes to music but it is this kind of smashing together of a very different um musical style and it's it's super cool well uh black pie says hmm uh not for me this one it's just a bit shit. <laughs> Can't qualify in my opinion further, other than it's meh. Yeah, I don't know. And even though I disagree, I'm putting that in the career of the week bucket as well. It's a quite yeah. like that. It's funny. That's a, it's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's head over quickly to uh, Facebook, Randy. It was eighteen nothing on Facebook. So you know the the Facebook people they know what they're talking about. Uh, Paul Roberts says only here for the Randy and Kevin show, as I'm not a believer. <laughs> <laughs> a great episode but poor song uh what is that farty bass all about the later real bass version sounded much better uh, but only okay at best appreciate the memories it brings you but in my humble opinion awful sorry well hey paul no need to apologize to me but you know maybe you want to send roger card or something i'm not sure yeah i don't know man paul's from bolton you know yeah yeah you know apologies to bolton it's, it's not great it's not a great town right paul it's not a great town anyway sarah chapman says only one week oh jesus one wait a week sarah chapman says only one week to wait until the next season nice hey you know we we, we, we we're here to serve um just fab episode as always thanks sarah uh, breakthrough is definitely a champion love the video too so cool especially discovering it as a kid uh, Jeremy Walpole says, brings back memories of sit sitting in a cafe with a chick I was desperate to bang. This song comes on and I say, this is Queen's new single. I don't like Queen, came the reply. So I didn't, but this is a banging champion. I think there, Randy, is what he's saying is he got cock blocked by yeah. Breakthrough. I think I think maybe Jeremy did have that happen to him. And you know what? I feel, I feel for him. Owen Cole, champion for the final album version, but listening to the demo, this would have been outstanding live in that form, and I suspect, like, staying power even better. Fuck, that was awful. Should I read that again? <laughs> a lot of people said that, though, that... I, I thought not a lot, but I think there's a couple of other people said that it would have been so cool to hear this song live. Yeah. Like, you can imagine that this, this would have got the whole fucking crowd rocking, man. This would yeah. have been an absolute banger live. Agreed. Everyone singing along. If I could only reach, you could, that's just a stadium rocker, right? Yeah, agreed. And so yeah, and De Deborah Standinger, I think a first time comes says a champion for sure. And Michael J. Smith, not Michael J. Fox, not to be confused with uh, a Canadian national treasure, says champion. I was thirteen when this came out and loved all the singles off this album at the time, especially seeing Freddie in the "I Want It All" video with the beard. Anyway, I digress. Still love Breakthrough today, and listening to the Miracle Sessions made me love it even more. Deaky sounds awesome on the Miracle Sessions take. Nice. I totally agree, man. Uh, Lisa Miller Dozier, I love this one. Great song to listen to, Driving Down the Interstate. Love the video too. Champion for me. Thanks, Lisa. So that's a North American listener. Do you know how I can tell? 
because she says she's driving down an interstate. Yeah, we don't do that. We don't do that in the UK, right? Uh, no, and we don't do it in Canada either. We drive no, down we highways. Do uh, Brian Delaney, love this track and the Miracle album. I know I'm in the minority on that one. <laughs> uh, real bass or not, it's one of my favorite Queen tracks. Absolute champion. Um, James Lawrence says it's a great track and the video is one of the best. Would have been fantastic live. So there we go, another one. Uh, recently released Miracle Sessions version is interesting too. And Alan Dudney. I think Dudney, Dudeni, Dudeni. No, it's definitely Dudeni. So it has to be champion, but not a track I choose to play these days. That goes for the whole Miracle album. Great show again. Hey, thanks, Alan. Really appreciate that. And Nick Crofts, who is our B-side pod review, you know, progenitor. I can't remember what that fucking word's pronounced. Champion for me, and was like you, Kev, as a seventeen-year-old when the Miracle came out. Was super excited to get the album, and although a little disappointed with some tracks, Breakthrough was a standout highlight for me, music-wise, and seeing the video clip on MTV was standout. As a 17-year-old, I thought the whole train thing was very cool and suited to the track. The demo version with real drums and bass, a cracker. There will definitely be a couple of dusters from The Miracle for me, but this is not one. Yeah, that's going to be the case nice. for a lot of the tracks on this album, I think. Nice, nice. Okay, and so Michelle Stagman Curlander, Randy, wrote mm -hmm. a thesis. A thesis, good, thesis good. On this. Let's submit that. Let's see if we can get what the, what the prof says. The summary generally is, though, that she loves it. It's absolutely champion for many reasons. Excitement, beat, juxtaposition of balladic sections with the train beat. I love it. Once she starts talking about then, though, is that, you know, Freddie's relationship with Brian is highlighted a little bit, in her opinion, in this in this video, where he kind of, Brian comes, or Freddie throws a look over to Brian, and he does this a few times, and he wrote a song for him, and there's a few instances uh, during, the, during their career where Freddie would sort of be very protective of Brian, who had some, you know, and probably still has mental health issues and went through a few, you know, rough times in his life. And so she kind of just was commenting on the camaraderie between between Freddie and Brian and the sort of that protective um, big brother kind of thing, even though they were, I think, I don't know, probably around about the same age, um, that Freddie felt for Brian. So I thought that was kind of nice. Nice, nice. Thanks, Michelle. On to the main business of this podcast, which is what, Randy? What is the main business of this podcast? What are we doing here? You in Moose Jaw and I in Saskatoon. Well, as far as I can tell, Kev, and I'm still pretty new to this, what I've gathered so far is you bring up this little wheel and it's got a whole bunch of Queen songs on it. You spin it around and it's random. It's completely random. We have no idea what we're going to listen to. Uh, and whatever that wheel says, we then listen to that song and we just talk about it. It's, yeah. it's a ridiculous format, but you know, <laughs> here we all are. It's a ridiculous format, he says, Corey. <laughs> hey, Corey, I didn't say you were ridiculous. I said the format was. This is format. It's the format that he invented. I just stole it. Anyway, <laughs> so what do you want to listen to? Up, up there in the in the hotel, the, I'm sure it's a luxurious, you know, I, I saw that. I can see in the background that you've got a suite. There are dancing girls over in the corner. You've got sort of a, a barman bringing you old fashions whenever you want them. Yeah. You know, in, in your opulence, what, yeah. do you, uh, what do you feel like listening to tonight, Randy? Body language from Hot Space. Ooh, all right. That's it. Yeah. What about you, Kev? I want a banger. I want. I want tonight finally to get one of my favorite Queen songs. We've had a well, we've had a few of them, but I want to listen to "Death on Two Legs." That's what I'm going yes. for. Yes, yes, please. So, most likely, what we're going to get is one of the uh, tracks from Side One of the Kind of Magic. That's that's what I that's what I think we're getting. I've already said what I want, but that's what I think we're getting. So, all right. Should we spin this wheel, Randy? Please do. Here we go. Spinny, spinny, spinny. I'm running out of things to say in this little section here where the wheel spins. I might not say anything at all. We have to play some music or something, but we are get. Oh, well, now. 
we are getting a fucking banger. It's not Death on Two Legs, and it's most certainly not Body Language. What song are we listening to tonight, Randy? We have got Tie Your Mother Down from A Day at the Races. And uh, you always like to ask me if I've heard these songs. <laughs> I'm not familiar with this one. <laughs> well, strap in, my friend. Strap I... in or, or strap on, whichever is your preference. As the cardinal lies through his teeth, of course, yes. Hey, all church leaders lie. You're okay. You're on safe ground there, mate. That's right. That's right. Thanks, buddy. We will we will be listening to the uh, the album version. I'm going to make that caveat now because there are two versions of this song because it was released as a single. I'm uh, 99.99% sure. Because this song already sits, right? So we're going to listen to the album version because it's got the, the extended intro. So that bit, I'm less sure that you'll be familiar with. That's, that's a real possibility, Kev. That is but you know what we should do we should dial that fucker up and find out before we do that though what we have to do is we have to go away and you know research this song randy to whatever extent we're going to do that yeah let's do it all right and now for something completely different All right, Kev. So this one was written by uh, Mr. Brian May at uh, four minutes, 46 seconds. Uh, it's got all of our usual suspects uh, uh, playing on it. Uh, just the guys in the band recorded uh, uh, at Wessex Sound Studios in London between September, and November 76 and Sarm East Studios in London, uh, November 5th, uh, 76 and produced by Queen Sound Engineer Mike Stone. So yeah, a lot of the same things. And here's some, some things that I didn't know. Uh, Apparently this song, this is an old, old song mm -hmm. that Brian had kicking around for quite some time, even as early as, as around 1970. Uh, and this is not something else I didn't know, was that Tie Your Mother Down was just kind of a, a placeholder lyric that he kind of just sang over uh, his cool riff that he'd come mm -hmm. up with. Uh, and then when he presented it to, to Freddie, he fully expected it to be to be redone, to be you know rewritten. Yeah. And uh, and for Freddie, he thought it, it worked with with the lyrics that he had written. So yeah, very cool. It is super cool, hey. And like I said, that that riff we've I think maybe we've talked about. I can't remember what song it would have been, but there's something that's very engaging about simplicity in a riff. The you know, and this is one of this is one of the great ones, man. Absolutely, like you know, with a whole lot of love and paranoid. If you if you can strip it down to a very few notes, that really sticks in people's heads. If you don't have to remember too much, and you can hum a few things, yeah, man, you got it made right. Yeah. And so he said that, that this was really sort of inspired or, yeah, inspired by Rory Gallagher. I'm sure you, I mean, as a mm -hmm, guitarist, mm -hmm. I mean, Rory Gallagher is, he's one of the guys, right? Like he's one of those people, every guitarist you speak to, like if, anytime you bring up Rory Gallagher, everyone just goes, oh yeah, fuck, absolutely. He's kind of like Jeff Beck or Gary Moore or you know, those guys were like, no one really lords them too much, but every guitarist knows them. Yeah, Absolutely. And again, before we get into the song, Randy, you know, we, we know, noted, and, and I think I knew this anyways, that basically from the time, the day the races tour through to the last gigs at Nebworth in 86, they played this song pretty much every night. Yeah. And again, you can see why, like it's, it, you know, it opens the album and what a great song to come out to. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big explosions. You can put the lights on. It's just, you know, it's yeah. everything you want in a, in a stadium rock opener, right? So, yeah. Well, I mean, you don't play a song at every single concert that you perform unless it's a, a, a good one. <laughs> unless it's a banger. Yeah. Well, should we listen to it then? Because again, I, I know that you know this song, obviously, because everyone in the fucking world with ears knows this song pretty much of our generation. <laughs> yeah. The intro I'd, on the album. I'd love version, to hear it. So I'm just going to stop it there quickly because to that point, I'm going to um, I'm going to I'm going to invoke the tap, and I'm going to say again, none more Queen. Like there's no doubt who this is, right? At all. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would I would say you're right, uh, and I'm not. And you, I think you're also right in uh, in that. I do not think I've heard that opening before, or or if I have, I had forgotten. Yeah, and there's also a cool bit in this that. There's a later track on this album, or another track we're going to get to, um, called "White Man." That there's a there's a phrase in that little lick that he plays there that ties back into that song. So it's nice. I think that's obviously a case of this was added on at the end because this piece uh, leads in and leads out the album. But it's that thing. Well, we'll put one little motif. It's almost symphonic, it's almost classical music, right? We just leap in a little motif in. I think it's a, what a leap motif they call it, just to kind of anchor everything together. So it's very very cool. The next section, we've done 30 seconds here. Mm-hmm. The next section, we've got a bit more intro to go, Randy, before we get to the song. So. So we'd read about this this whole link that Brian May found with Escher, right? Um, the the painting, like that famous painting where it's the staircase and it's 3D and it's confusing because it just looks like it goes on forever. And Brian May said that that's what he's trying to represent orally is that idea yeah. of sort of eternity, like that, that infinite, infinite kind of, you know, it's going up and up and up and up and up, and you never reach the top. But he's also saying that he sort of he, he had this octave thing in where you could you could essentially do it forever, which is super cool. That's just Brian showing off, being a bit arty, right? Quit creating well, art. If you want to hear Brian, Brian May rock, we want to hear let's, you let's rock. Let's hear Brian May rock. Dude, man, look, as a guitarist, I'm sure this is just hella fun to play. As a drummer, it's great fun to play. How can you not enjoy this song? Just from the opening, I mean, can't tip our hand too much about how we're going to vote, Randy, but come on, really? Seriously, give me a break. (laughs) (laughs) I think the whole audience knows how we're going to vote this one, Kev. 
yeah no i mean it's yeah it's yeah it's it's just everything there again and i know i think i've said this before but this is just what you want out of queen this is what you want to hear and this is them giving it to you but it's also one of those things that a, a kid learning guitar they can't play rush and they might not be able to play you know deep purple and that kind of stuff but you can play this you can play this you can play paranoid you can play you know smoke on the water probably this you can you can get your teeth around this because it's not super complicated but it sounds so good no you're right it it it, it is it is very it, it is very simple uh but it does not that does not detract from its its coolness right and well, i mean let's face it as a just as a general rule musically usually simple is best and obviously and often yeah, something that will, it'll seem simple, but it'll be deceptively simple. And I'm not saying that's this. This is the case, but because that riff is quite, it's quite easy to play if you can play a little bit of guitar. So, but yeah. So and then, so yeah. that engages your audience, and that's yeah. hey man, that guy can do it. Fucking I can do that, right? So, uh, I mean, that's th- these are the type of songs that inspired me to play, yeah. and and you know, fucking hundreds of thousands of other kids, right? So again, like I, it's funny because it's such an iconic, big, fat, juicy riff. But it's another song for me that's all about Roger's drums. And he is going crazy on the cymbals in this. Like it's on almost on every beat he's doing it. You know, it's, it's just crazy yeah. how fat and big and full they sound. <laughs> maybe maybe Zildjian had just sent him a whole bunch of symbols. He's like, you know, fuck this. I'm going to play so it like all. A, just, just a warm up, just test. Let's see how they right sound. Yeah, they sound. You know. <laughs> yeah, I love I love playing that beat. Yeah, that boom, 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 boom. Because he, he does the it's the snare kick. It's like it's I don't know, man. It's just it's so much fun yeah. to play, and it's almost like the it, because the the snare is sort of keeping the backbeat. Yeah, I think, and it's the kick that's moving around the snare. And I think. The hats are swung too, right? So it's it's a very like you said, it's simple, but Roger's doing a little bit of cool stuff in here, and we'll end up talking about John as well for sure. But yeah. One of the bands that I've recently, well, fairly recently, got heavily back into, Randy, as you know, and we've talked about Cora Morissette before, is Eddie uh, is Van Halen. And one of the reasons that I love Eddie Van Halen, and one of the reasons that you love Eddie Van Halen, is that when he writes rhythm guitar parts, they're always interesting. And Brian's throwing some, like, there's a bit, there's, there's a few bits in with din, 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 din. He's just playing a pretty straight rock and roll thing, but then he just throws in little, little bits that just make it that little bit more interesting where he's, he's playing that sort of hybridy rhythm lead thing that Eddie does, you know, just masterfully. Yeah. Well, that's the hallmark of any good musician, right? They can, they can just take, take something and make it interesting. And maybe, you know, th- this song is not, well, the, I guess it might be a couple of passing chords, but it's really not more than, uh, you know, basically th- sort of a three chord song. And, yeah, and, you know, he's a stylized it as, as such that it makes it interesting and cool and it fucking rocks. Right. So yeah. it's, it's just, it's just satisfying all your rock and roll bones, man. I love those muted 
things he's doing too, right? Because he's kind of, he's, I'm assuming he's palm muting that or whatever he's doing. He's, he's kind of muting it. Jink, jink, he's chugging. What, chugga, chugga? We're going back to chugga, chugga yeah. again, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's palm muting. And, and you know, I love the I love the cheesy the cheesy walk up to the, you know, if he's an A, you know, up, up to the, to the five yeah. chord, whatever, you know, it'd be the D, right? Yeah. Very cool. That's one of my favorite lines in this song. <laughs> You're such a dirty louse, go get out of my house. It's all I ever get from your family ties. In fact, I don't think I ever heard a single little civil word from those guys. And that's a lot of words. It's a lot of syllables to get into that that sort of that little space, right? So the way that Freddie pushes that vocal, it's so cool. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it, it's it, it's really those are really nicely written lyrics. I, I completely agree. And 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 just and the the way he chose to sing them right you know yeah we're gonna get another pretty damn good lyric coming up but he does it over the again we're getting back into the mutey kind of stuff now with the guitar so How cool is that? Hey, you've got those big harmonies. Then Freddie keeps that note, that root note, all the way through it, and just carries it through. Yeah, that's what uh, I, I really, really, really was. I was going to comment earlier the the har the harmonies just on the. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it it's so Queen, and this is pretty early in their career, right? Yeah, uh, and, and it is just it is just so Queen, and and they they've sort of hung on to that, you know, th th throughout in and. And that's just that uh, to me. That's what makes it so tasty. You can hear. It sounds like it's mostly Freddie and 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 Roger. Uh, I'm sure the other guys are in there, but you can even hear some of them kind of kind of falling off at the, yeah. at the end. And yeah, it's fucking great. Well, it's that thing. Like again, in terms of production on this record, it, we're not gonna. I, I don't know if we're gonna find any faults anywhere on this on this album. To be honest with you, Day of the Race, right. just the fifth album, and it comes after Night at the Opera, and it's where they're now they're now sort of fully formed as studio musicians and as technicians where they know how to make a record. And again, this is the record that they produce without an external producer, which, you know, we've talked about last year, doesn't always work. It either works brilliantly or it fails fantastically. Yeah. But it just, it works on this, it works on this song and most of the songs of this record, so. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I don't know you how you're gonna find a better solo in the Queen catalog than that one. Yeah, there's it's, a lot of good ones. 
yeah, that's 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 a gooder. I like I like how he switches halfway between uh, finger fingers to slide, right? Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, you know, it, it it sounds like it's a punch, and I'm and I'm sure it is, but very very cool, very cool. But there's that bit in the middle too where it syncopates, where he comes he comes off beat, and he's now playing between the notes, right? Like it, it, there's that there's there's so many different things that he's doing in this solo that are cool and different, and he's not just following that sort of basic. You know, playing on the one, he's he's, he's he's getting around almost. I don't know, man. They might be my favorite Queen solo. It wow. might be. I don't know. I'd have to sit down and really think about that. But tall it always words, gets my blood pumping. Tall words, Mister Brown. Tall fucking words, and indeed. It's quite, and it's quite a long solo. And this was a single. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah. People used to have patience for a guitar solo, Randy. Yeah, that's that's a the guitar solos are a thing of the past, my friend. We talk lots about Roger's cymbal grabs. They sound so good there. Yeah, that's that's a really great moment in this song. Yeah. Hitting all those hitting all those shots and some of them are pushed and some of them aren't. And so yeah, you know, th- you know, they they'd have they'd have worked on that. They didn't just go in there and do that the first time. <laughs> they, you know, they'd have yeah. stopped and said, okay, okay, hang on, hang on. Okay. So we're gonna go one. And they probably sat there and counted it and yeah, you know, and, and that's and that's brilliant. And, that, and you fucking should be doing that if you're in a band and you should be working out cool stuff, right? It's funny too, because though like I t- absolutely this this song has been meticulously crafted, like everything Brian May did certainly and almost everything that Queen did but there's a trick to making it sound organic and it's the same thing that comedians do where you think that it's spontaneous and off the cuff but it's no it's it's really that's refined over a lot of iterations to make sure that the beats are exactly where they need to be and that the impact is as big as it can be and this song does you know it's just such a great job of that yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it sounds easy, and I'm, and I'm actually not yeah. even saying it's particularly difficult, but uh, it it sounds easy because they make it sound easy, and in all of that ease is just this general coolness that just seems yeah. to be. Yeah, it, that's a really great. It's a it's a highlight of a moment in that song. Yeah. Okay, last stop, Randy, for me, just because I just wanted to highlight what Roger did there on the toms is always cool. I always think it's cool too. He goes past the one on that fill, right? Which again, it's, it's just old, it's an just, old yeah, that's that's a reggae, it's not a reggae trick there, right? Uh, and I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, about f- five seconds ago, they had two courses of Tie Your Mother Down without Freddie's lead vocal, yeah. Uh, and so you can really get a sense of what those lead vocal or those backing vocals, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, sound like without him singing lead and then of course he's singing in the backs but uh very very cool love it sounds so good fuck those it's, guys those guys all can sing so. <laughs> but fuck the, me. The, but the, it's that attention to detail too though and i think that this album maybe more than any other well i shouldn't say that necessarily but this album's a really good example of queen being very very meticulous and very deliberate about those choices because you know it's like you know when prince did what was it um 1999 every singer recorded every like the song initially you thought would be just all four parts or whatever it was singing all the way through 
And then in the studio afterwards, you know, the mix is like, well, actually, if we do the bass line here and the harmony there, and it's going to give this this weird dynamic. So when, you know, there's no uh, lead from Freddie, probably sang the lead in that section, but they thought in the studio afterwards, well, hang on a minute, I wonder if we take Fred's lead out there on just those two passes, it'll, again, give it a bit of a different feel just in that section to everything we've done before so it doesn't get it doesn't get stodgy and static which yeah. man like that's that's just yeah that's that's producing kev yeah yeah that's that's producing for sure it, it, it if if that's truly the case if they did that it sounds pretty organic it sounds to me like he was just uh he just saying something he was taking a, a breath a little breather whatever it is yeah. but yeah it, it's great I would uh, I would like to comment on uh, on Brian's guitar tone, and I'm not talking about his lead tone, uh, his, his rhythm, the rhythm tone, the tone yeah. that he plays in the opening licks, and he's played throughout. It's just so good. It's just that it's just that perfect amount of distortion versus being able to hear yeah. the actual instrument and, and how he's plucking it and how he's playing it. Really, I mean, his lead tone is also wonderful too. Uh, but yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that drum fill at the end is like, geez, Raj, how many, how many toms you got there, buddy? Just, just get them all from the store and just line them up. And <laughs> no, brilliant, though. It's so good, man. And we didn't end up talking about Deaky. And I think this is, a, again, in a song like this where Roger's going apeshit, Brian's laying down just an absolute. Again, we get a second solo here. It's a face melter again. Freddie's just, and they've got the harmonies, everything else. You don't really need John to be running all over the place, but he's just putting that, like, that end twistle, pounding, thudding, just cavernous, you know, bottom end down, which you don't necessarily notice, really. But if it wasn't there, the song would suck. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the challenging bit of being the bass player in the band, you know? And if you fuck up, man... Yeah. everybody hears it when you quit playing everybody notices uh but then when you're there and you're consistent you're delivering it and you're nailing it then everybody's like oh isn't fucking roger great and isn't you know what i mean yeah so it, it's it's uh it's it's the shit end of the band uh the guy who does you know the the heavy lifting <laughs> yeah. john's the quiet beetle right i was thinking about that you know if you you know, if the bass player stops playing or something happens, or let's say, for example, if the bass player, I'm just pulling this out of thin air, jumps off stage. And as he does so, the uh, his, his bass becomes unplugged from the amplifier, but he, mm -hmm. maybe he doesn't realize this and he carries on playing for a solid minute or so to no effect. That would be yeah. a weird thing, wouldn't it? That would be. That would be very, very strange. <laughs> <laughs> And you're referring to a story where <laughs> we were playing off and my bass player jumped off stage and became <laughs> unplugged and he was so fucking hammered. He didn't realize that he wasn't playing anymore. And he was just partying with the crowd out there. 
until he finally realized. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh my. All right. Well, you know what? We should. I mean, I don't know if we need to look at this through again, Randy, because we know this song inside out, upside down, top to bottom. What we should do, though, maybe is give a quick listen to. Um, I think we talked a little bit about the the unplugged version. So I, I, I've never heard this. Unplugged version. It's an unplugged <laughs> version that Brian plays, or semi-unplugged, well, I guess it was. Se- se- semi-unplugged. <laughs> which, is the se- which is the same as saying not unplugged, right? So. Yeah, it's, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, let's give it a listen. So there's apparently there's a quite a good... Um, sort of intro to this song, so I'll just throw it on here and see what happens. Super bluesy. There we go. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of weak sauce though, hey, compared to the electric one. It is. But you can see where it's when you rearrange it like this, you, you can get a bluesy kind of swampy groove to it. You know, you could you could hear ZZ Top doing this in this arrangement. Oh yeah, I don't like it. You don't like it, eh? I don't like it. No, You're I don't out. like it. Randy's out. Randy's out. No, folks. it's it's too weak sauce, man. It's just like right. no. I mean, hey, man, anybody who likes it, yeah, man, you know, love it all you like, but. Yeah, that little bit I heard standing next to the other bit I just heard, the song I know, it's like, uh, Brian, come on, buddy. Give it up. It's okay. It's all right. What would the Cardinal say to Brian May in that instance, Randy? <laughs> we all know. Well, yeah, the card he would, you know, but the Cardinal is, he's, he's tired. He's had a long day, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, you know, we... Um... The thing we do, Randy, after we listen to the song, is we vote and we ask each other, is this a champion or will it bite the dust? And I'm going to make it just a snap decision here, Randy, and just play one track here because I know, I know that we're both going to say the same thing. So can I hit play? Yeah, not not much, uh, not much need to uh, to to go through all the formality of voting yeah. and guessing as to whether you'll say thumbs up or down. It's it's. I guess I've been saying this uh, lots, and I guess I'll probably say it more. But it, these songs are are why we're here. This is literally yes. why we're here. Yeah. These this these songs are why we're here because we all love these songs, and you know what? It's all it's all those. It's all those sh- shitty, quasi, <laughs> co- you know, those songs, the, the the controversial songs that, you know, we're here to, you know, maybe discuss uh, in, in a little further depth. But yeah, this, you know, this was the, this is what drew my attention to Queen. This is what made me fall in love with Queen. This is what made me interested in guitar. Maybe not this, but this genre. And yeah, yeah, uh, I, it's just. It's just good on every point. Everybody, everybody in the band's firing on all cylinders. Obviously, so all the all the guys and, and folks in the studio. I mean, it's just lightning in a bottle, man. 
what did you think of the intro on the album version? Because again, like I think we, I don't, I don't think you probably haven't heard that, right? Because I don't know if you had this album, but what do you think of that? Because it's quite, again, it's it's very overblown and very mm-hmm. Queen turned up to eleven. Yeah, but what I love about it, I didn't comment on it at the time, is there's a very slight fade on that part before the it, and you know when it's coming. That's why that's why I know to pause. That's what I'm waiting for when I'm listening to it because it's almost they bait you with it because it doesn't stop exactly where because it's not like in time where they've done like four 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 four. Now we go. It's yeah. kind of dragged just past it, but fed. Now we go. Yeah. Yeah. But what did you think of the intro? Well, you know, okay, yeah, I, I do believe that was the first time I heard it, and um, yeah, I, I can't say I didn't. I didn't like it. I suppose maybe I, sh- I should have listened to that part again. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I would say it's not to say that I, did, I didn't like it. It's not. Uh, it's not the way I remember the song, so I, I have yeah. no, I, I don't have any sort of any real feelings towards it. Yeah, I know, I know myself as as someone who who writes songs. That's exactly the kind of thing I would put in front of a song like this if I had yeah. written it. I would do some weird, stupid little thing. Why? I, I don't know. You know, who knows, right? So yeah, so I don't dislike it, but but I, but I have no no attachment to it. I have no attachment to it, and, and yeah. really, let's if we're being completely honest, at the end of the day, it's unnecessary, right? We're all we're all here to hear the right. There is a song that you put on. I think it's on the Blue album. There is like a little thirty second prequel. Yeah. Which what song is that? Because that's I'm, I can't remember what song that is now. That's going to annoy me. Yeah, I don't remember the name. Humble Pie. It was the intro to Humble Pie. Oh right, that's right, yeah. You... there's the song and then yeah. there's the album and that's yeah. what i think that you know because you're gonna you're gonna bookend this album with that same weird ascending escher visual mm-hmm. in music yeah this just again that's just so queen yeah it is you don't, you it don't is. need it you don't need it at all no. well like i said like i said it's it's unnecessary yeah but it's not unpleasant and, and 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 like you know maybe if i was in your shoes and i'm not sure if this is the case with you but if this is how you bought the album and the first time you heard the song and that was included at the start, then it's essential listening, right? You know, it's it's funny because that throws back to that's a generational thing, right? Because both you and I grew up with albums, so you listen to albums, and when you throw "Date the Races" on, that's how this song starts. You don't yeah. pick up the needle and skip it to the down and in and you know you don't do that. You know yeah. that this is this is part of the album and it's part of what the artist wanted you to listen to when you listen to this record. Now, of course, that doesn't happen as much these days. There are still bands who are writing albums and very sort of, you know, constructed albums where it's there's a central theme and there's a there's a motif or whatever it is, they're just not on the radio anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course it was stripped off for the for the single because you wouldn't put this on a single, but I grew up listening to the album. No, we had Greatest Sits and it's on Greatest Sits, so I know the single version as well. And the funny thing is with some of those songs where, same with Fat Bottom Girls, when it's not the version that you know, your body kind of like, oh, you get skips and your shoulders don't know where to go because, oh, hang on, no, that's not quite where this song yeah. goes before, right? Yeah, so, when it's, yeah, when it's on the Greatest Hits, you're expecting yeah. the, next, the next song to be the one off the album, not the one on the Greatest Hits. And so Absolutely. you're like, oh, what's happened? Yeah. 
I have a, just a funny, quick little anecdote. I'll, I'll tell you a, a good friend of mine who's played drums in my band for many years. Mike is his name. Um, when he was a kid. And so this is speaking to people of our generation or roughly uh, he had a cassette tape uh, and I don't even remember the, the band or, or the song or anything. It, it, it doesn't even matter. So, but what happened was say a minute in or whatever, something was wrong with their cassette and the right. song slowed down a touch or sped up a touch. I don't remember, but it was noticeable. And, and, and they, you know, Mike and his brothers noticed it, but they assumed that's the way it was supposed to be. <laughs> and so they listened to it for, you know, for forever until finally Mike was at somebody's house or however it all happened. And he heard the song and it didn't do that. And it blew his fucking mind. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, you know what I mean? So like to him, yeah, that's the way that song should fucking be. And, and, you know, and again, I can, I still know in my brain when I'm listening to, to the game, especially if I listen to Queen's album, the game, I still hear at certain points, I'm listening to it on fucking, I don't know, on my phone or my vinyl here. I still know where all the skips and the pops and that one little jump in the middle of coming soon is from the album that I had when I was, you know, seven years old. Yeah. It's that thing, it's that weird thing about vinyl is that no one else's vinyl sounds exactly like yours after about a year. Yeah. yeah the first few times, but after about a year, it's going to get that little bit of characteristic and it's just it's warmer and it's more personal and there's just something different about it. Well, it becomes imprinted, right? Whether, yeah. whether it's a vinyl or not, but you know, those albums become sort of, well, I guess I'm speaking about my own brain, but it, it just becomes this printed memory, you know, and you, and you could play it back without the album playing in your head or I, or I can, you know, so. Yeah, me too. I'm and tie your mother, it. tie your mother down the, the single version is absolutely one of those songs. I I, I probably could have. Ooh, I was going to say I could have played that guitar solo in my head, but you know what? It's it's been too long. But <laughs> but at one time I probably would have could could have be able to sing it. That's the another little a little musical trick which I probably told you before. But uh, if you can sing it, you can play it. So as yeah. a lead guitar player, man, if if you can sing it, you can fucking play it. And so I would memorize things. Yeah, it's this. I mean, it's the same. I sometimes drive my wife crazy when I'll I'll sing. I will sing the guitar solo. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just it's part of the melody, right? It's just you know. But I would say too, I just wanted to a really quick shout out, Randy, that your drummer Mike Pierce is one of my favorite drummers who I've ever seen play live because the guy is a bloody machine, a talented, fantastic fella. drummer, very talented fellow. Yes. Okay, so as we always, well, we try to do, Randy, um, we got to figure out what we think people are going to say about this song. I mean, it's Time Mother Down. I don't know why you're a Queen fan if you don't like this song. Yeah. yeah. We do know that there are people who are contrarians and there are people mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. have, maybe mm -hmm. have justified reasons for not loving this song. Maybe yeah. it's the lyrics, which we didn't get into too much, actually. Um, no, you know, we did not get into the lyrics too much. Uh, and and maybe and maybe that's maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe people are going to bust us on that. But I mean, we were both just so much enjoying the the rock and rollness of the whole affair. Yeah. So what would you say? What what do you think the polls going to come back as? This week, you know, we got it wrong. We voted a bit lower. Yeah. And it was breakthrough, which I don't think is quite maybe as beloved as Time of the Down. So. Okay. Well, I I, I'll, if you want me to go first, I'll go. And I'm going to say, I'm so have to allow for a certain amount of 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 
debaucherous pricks. <laughs> Why are they debaucherous though? That's really not the, 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 the proper terms. Whatever. Doesn't matter. I'm going to, going to include anybody that disagrees and I'm going to say 95, five. Wow. You're going that high, hey? I, well, I mean, like who, who's listening to this? You're giving me that's that's kind of a dick move, actually, because oh, really? Is it? Yeah. Well, hey, I think so. Because ninety-five is like it's right in the. I think it's that's. I would say if I was going to be like a, a you know a, a risk assessment officer, mm-hmm. then it's going to be two percent either side of that. So I've just got to decide what I have to do now is decide which side of ninety-five I'm going to go. Yeah. Well, hey, man, that'll so make the I'll, rules. I'll go ninety-seven-three. I'll go high. Mm. I think this is a. It's just one of the Queen songs you want. It's one of the Queen songs that you love, and it's one of the Queen songs that you would, you know. Well, no, you're missing, yeah, the last one. Need, buddy. You need this one. All right. Okay, there we go. So we got 95.5, 97.3. As a point of interest to, I don't know, probably nobody, but uh, <laughs> Mike, the, Mike, the drummer, who, uh, uh, you know, is the drummer, often knows the keys of the song. Before I do, and I'll or I'll ask him because I've forgotten, or he'll you know he'll say, oh hey Randy, you know that uh, you know that three chord should be a minor or whatever. It's like oh fuck, oh. right? <laughs> uh, that's just comes from years and years of playing and and just being a, a super talented muso, which he is. Yeah, thanks for the shout out there, Kev. Yeah, but that, that's the thing with working musicians, right? Like there's not that many people who drift into a band and the first band they're in goes platinum and gets a record deal. Like you tend to play with a lot of different people and you build up these skills from playing a million gigs in shitty bars and, and just having bad gigs and having a few enough good gigs that you keep doing it and learning your craft and working hard. And, you know, queen, by the time they got to 73 and they recorded that first album, man, they're a tight band by that point. Like they go into the studio and they've got, you know, they'd record that album in like whatever it was a month or you know, just on the off shifts, they've got to get it right. And so that's a band that knows how to play music. They can play together. It's like the Beatles when they go in and do the first album. They've got what seven days on four tracks or two tracks. But you got to be able to play, man. You got to be. You got to know your craft. Got to know the songs. You got to be able to get in, get out, and perform. And Queen, yep. you know, to the extent that they did a lot of production later on in their careers and even early on, at the base of it was this band who were tight. They knew each other. They knew what everyone was going to do and they could play together. Yeah. 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 That's uh, a testament to the live music business, which uh, is something that is going the way of the dodo bird. So I'm not sure what it's going to mean for future generations, but uh, I, I, you know, there's still going to be monster musicians. There's going to be monster players, uh, but I just don't think there's going to be as many. And that's just a stupid, shitty opinion. I think there are going to be, we've had this conversation ad nauseum, but not on air for the, to the detriment of our listeners. I don't think that will go away. I just don't think you'll hear it in the mainstream anymore. I just don't think that's going to, you're not going to hear that on radio. You're not going to hear it, but it, everyone, because people are still going to play Randy always, right? There's no, no way but, you're ever going to put a guitar down. So, but here, but here, but you're not, you're not getting my point, Kev. Oh yeah. In, the fucking, the Cardinals in his fucking pulpit, is he? All right then. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, Fucking listen up for fuck's sakes, all right? <laughs> so, okay, no, seriously, but, but for real. So let's just say in this little small town in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, at the time, maybe 200,000 people, every single bar, everywhere where they were serving alcohol, there would be music there played by people. Mm-hmm. 
every single one. And then on the weekends, they would have full bands. Uh, orchestra music was a thing with big orchestras, even here. Okay. So imagine what it was like all over the world. So, so now, now, despite your best intentions, of course, people are going to play guitars. Of course, it's never going to go away. There's still going to be monster musicians. There's going to be lots of them. But back then, there was hundreds of thousands of, of just people that just played and maybe they weren't all the most amazing. Uh, there was many, many people who could play music, tons and tons and tons. And that has gone by the wayside already and it's continuing to go by the wayside and it will continue un unless live music become takes some sort of a revival. But it's just, that's not the, that's not the tra trajectory of the world with, with some degree of certainty. So so uh, sad, sad truth is that I'm, that I'm right. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and you're wrong. I, and I, I wish I wasn't because, you know, my bread and butter has always been as a musician. Right. So, but that's just the way of it, man. Okay, I'm sorry. So I will offer a counter opinion. And it'll be all wrong. We but all, we, all we have to do is wait for the inevitable nuclear war. Mm. When the world gets leveled, then people, if they want to listen to music, will have to just go to people and say, Hey, can you play guitar? Yeah. And there might not be any power at that point, Randy. So the acoustic guitarists, mm -hmm. the singer-songwriters, which is a horrible term that people don't like, and the folk guys, you know, maybe there's going to be, you know, in 2020, in the year 2089, after Putin's killed most of the world, folk singers, for first off, they're going to have a fucking wealth of material to draw from. I mean, there's going to be the word radiation in a lot more songs than there was in 1960. Yeah. But you know yeah. what? There's it's all fair be, points. There's going to be a resurgence. So I, I I just think you're wrong. I just think we need to wait for the for the mushroom clouds. Well, you're right. I think I think if there's going to be anything that's going to reset the live music scene, <laughs> it's going to be nuclear war. <laughs> and you know, Kev, uh, you, good luckily lucky for our listeners, we're not alarmists. <laughs> <laughs> luckily for our listeners, there aren't that many listeners. <laughs> Although we should say, and I haven't put this on put this out on social media yet. Thank you so much for listening because we this week passed 10,000 downloads of this crazy little vanity project that my my best friend and me decided that we'd foist upon the world. So honestly people, thank you so much for listening. It does mean the world to us. Yeah, uh, and I'll 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 second that. We we <laughs> we didn't we certainly didn't expect anybody to listen and I I would say that especially of me, but the fact that anybody does and engages with us uh, really makes it a uh, even more fun than it already is. Kev and I would do this anyhow, you see. We do. Uh, That's, yeah, we just don't record we would, it. We would just do this anyhow. And you might not want to listen to those. But uh, <laughs> but so, yeah, thank you so much. Well, you know what, Randy? I think that's probably a good place to leave it, hey? I think so. You have to, you have to get up quite early in the morning to go and do uh, more sports ball. I And I also desperately need a shower before I pollute those sheets there. I mean... You know that thing where like, you know, oh, I got to the hotel room and there were all these, there was lice in there or there was some, some weird stains on the, it's going to be the next people in that room tomorrow. They were like, there was this weird imprint of like a, a man shape in, yeah. in damp form on the sheets. And I don't know, I don't want to say this in the hotel again. So. There was a, there was a, <laughs> there was a, a funk that we could not get rid of the entire time we were <laughs> in a room. Not a good funk. 429. <laughs> I got the ball sweat blues. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that's good enough. I think we'll leave it there. Don't these two think they're so funny? 
childish jokes delivered by two adolescent-minded goofballs. If I was to title this episode, I'd call it, How Long Is This Podcast Gonna Go? Or possibly, if you don't encourage them, they'll just go away on their own. We'd sure like to know what you have to say about Queen, so you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. If you get some time, remember what I said, don't encourage them. It will only make them bolder. They'll be back with you next week to chat about Queen. Yes, Kevin. Seaside Park Review. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.